Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Two Guys and a Beard, your video game podcast where we talk about anything and everything in a specific theme. I'm your host, Rich. And I'm Cody. Well, we're a little late this week. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a little bit. You know, life catches up to you in those yeah. funny, funny ways. But we're still promising four episodes a month, though. Mm-hmm. So we'll have this episode, I am guessing, released out to the public by Wednesday. And that's a-okay. And then the following one is the uh, the review that we're doing. So, good time. So, what you been up to, Cody? Uh, honestly, been checking the, the the news in regards to video games in general. Been uh, I started back to school. So, my first week of school last week. Uh, that went really well. I'm Molding minds. I am, and I have a lot of interest in esports this year. I have a lot of kids. Nice. That's, so that's good to be, know. It is. It's going to be fun. Because we're playing Apex this year, which is going to be huge. Oh, Apex. Apex and Pokemon Unite. And, yeah, and I had a team for about every game that we can play, so I'm pretty excited for that. When's your first competition? September 18th is the start of season play, So, and we're doing fall season. We're doing Smash Brothers solos, so it's 1v1, and I have a few kids that want to do that, but they don't. No, it's not even that they don't. It's that I need to make sure that I don't mess it up for them in a sense of making sure that they're ready to go. Because I know they know how to play the game. It's getting them set up on the website we use to, to run the matches and getting them in the Discord and just needing to make sure I don't fail them as a coach is more mm-hmm. than anything. I think that they got the game played down. So That makes sense. Yeah. I think one of these days we're going to have to have an episode where you talk about what it's like to coach as an esports because like I've known about esports for a very long time, like we talked about, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what goes into it, like coaching wise. So that'd be interesting to to hear your take on that. So good. Well, yeah, and I would love to bring some guests that are esports coaches that talk because a lot of the coaches I work with, and Mosef, um, shout out to Mosef, they <laughs> they're huge gamers themselves to the point where like I just at the conference I was at, we were talking about. Oh, what is that newest game? Um, Tears of the Kingdom. That was that was kind of the talk of the conference. Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo Four were the two big ones. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're all hardcore gamers as well when they can be, and it's just it's funny to witness it because it's you know everybody thinks oh it'll be these these big nerdy guys and it's like these guys are all like dads and teachers and coaches and one of them's like a, a i think he's a youth pastor and he's an awesome guy too and like him and his wife do it together and she actually runs the discord for mosef and it's like a whiz at it and it's awesome well most people nowadays like that whole like misconception of how gamers looked back in the day back when i was in high school and whatnot the big nerdy guys that were laying in their mom's basement no friends that's been like totally wiped away like there's oh, every yeah. day Every average people play games. I mean, you got the ones that play, you know, the mobile games. I guess we can count them as gamers. Oh, I mean, I switch back yeah. and forth between them. I mean, Candy Crush. I mean, no, that I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You got the. Oh, very, I was saying no as casual. A... Yeah, so, no, I don't play Candy Crush. Now, my wife, on the other hand, is like over level a thousand on that game. Yeah, we won't talk about. It. Morgan's <laughs> a gamer though too. She plays games. Yeah, she's um, replaying Uncharted Four right now. Yeah. So, and then you've also got, like, that was a weird swing of game from the people you're talking about from Tears of the Kingdom to Diablo 4. Oh, yeah. It's like, very light-hearted family game, and then the devil game. <laughs> oh, and D&D, man. D&D is huge, too. Which I really I'm, need to play. I'm in, I'm in a text-based D&D, like, through Discord, which is a whole new level of playing that game, and it's a blast, and... 
I would love to have a group of people like in town to go and do it with because mm-hmm. it's fun. And I mean, the character creation takes forever. Yeah. Cause if you, you know, depending on what books you have is how you can mold your character. And, but it's, it's fun. I do enjoy it. And D and D beyond is pretty wild to watch work out. Cause like my character sheets all digital. And like, as I gain levels, it auto updates it for me. And Damn. it's wild, dude. It's awesome. Speaking of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I purchased uh, Beholder's Gate 3. Don't rub it in my face. Sorry. <laughs> I, I picked that up. So I haven't played much of that. So, But that's like a true that's like a true D, uh, D&D gaming experience, what I've heard. Yeah, and I've heard there's like dice rolls and stuff. My buddy plays it, and he wants me to buy it when it comes out on PS5. And yeah. it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Oh, yeah. So speaking of PS5, so let's talk about... So normally we would have a like questions and answer segment and everything, but we have no questions, so uh, we have no answers. Yeah. So, uh, how about people give us some questions? That'd be nice. You know, <laughs> you can find that on our Twitter page at two guys in the two guys and beard, or you can email us. What's our email? Isn't it also two guys and a beard at Gmail? Yeah. But it, guys, is it two guys with a two or two yeah, guys spelled out? It's with a two. It's with a two. Okay. Number two. Two guys and a beard at gmail.com. So if you guys ever want to answer or send us questions, topic ideas, that's where we'd like to do on week three. So mm-hmm. with that, though, we've actually decided to speak about one specific topic. Well, very specific garner topic and then kind of go off from there. Yeah. So what really is interesting is the uh, the PlayStation Portable. That information the got portals. So we both like handhelds. Mm-hmm. You're a big Nintendo handheld guy. You like yours. Oh, I've I'm... had a PSP though. Oh yeah, those. I'll really have to tell you the story cool. how I got the PSP. Okay, it's pretty great. So the let's run through the list of handhelds. Obviously, back in the day, we had um, we had the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, all the Game Boys from Nintendo. Then you had the Atari. I want to say it was the Lynx was the handheld, and the Jaguar was not, but I can't remember for sure. But they were Correct. for Atari. You had the uh, Neo Geo Pocket yep. for 3DO. You had... Sega Game Gear was one of them. I had a Game Gear, not when I was a kid. I managed to find one at a garage sale for 2 bucks. Holy shit. And then I stupidly sold it, but I sold it for like 70 Oh, you made a profit. I made a profit. And it had Sonic the Hedgehog too. Man, that, I, we need to go I to I should have kept sales. that. I should have kept we that. We need to go to garage sales and find that stuff. So, and then you've got... Uh, you have the, the Game Boy series stuff, like I was mentioned ago. Then you get into the newer things where you start seeing handhelds dying off a little bit, but only being produced by one specific company, which was Nintendo. But you had PSP. The, the PlayStation Portable. Um, yeah. I want to say that dropped in like 2005. Correct. Well, 2000... was I senior? It came out... 2005. I want to say it did, but it... I forget if it came out when the PS3 came out or if it came out in between the PS2 and PS3. I cannot remember. For I the think life it was me. after PS3 because I remember seeing PS3. Well, no. No, it came out prior to the PS3. Not to look it up, and we're probably going to get corrected on it, but that's fine. Send us a correction on that. But I do remember seeing the PS, uh, PSP in one of my classes. I had a kid that had one, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever, seeing a PlayStation game um, on that. Now... Then it evolved into the PS Vita, Vita, which I think was a very underrated system. I never owned one, but I played a lot of the the, the kiosk demos, and I honestly have to say I thought it was a phenomenal console. Were there some issues with it? Yes. But I don't 
I honestly kind of think it was a precursor to the Switch in a lot of way because it was cartridge based. Yeah. They didn't use discs, and it was running. I would say fairly close to HD graphics, if not HD graphics. I mean, I mean you had PlayStation, you had Final Fantasy X and X two on it. That's true. And then one of the games for it, Tearaway, mm-hmm. got a release on PlayStation Four and updated it for the PS Four. Yeah. And I know there's probably others, but like, there was an Uncharted game on it. There was. I forget what else. But God it, of War's on it, I think, too. There's several God of War games. That was the PSP. Unless they re-released them for PSP. I want to say there's a Vita one, too. Probably. But you, those things are stupid expensive now. Like, luckily, I still have my PSP. I have my Vita. But you go online and try to find those now. They're like $200 a pop. You go to Slackers in the mall. They got it for a PSP for 200 Like, at one point, I thought it was $80 on their sticker. And I guess it popped off. And I was going to get it for Derek because mm-hmm. he wanted one. And I rang him and I was like, yeah, it's uh, going to be $300. So I'm like... For what? It's like it was two eighty. Now I put that back. <laughs> yeah, no. So I want you to guess how much I paid for my PSP. And mind you, when I got it, I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade, so this was two thousand five because I okay. was in, I was in high school in two thousand six. So this is when I got this thing was two thousand five. So I want you to guess how much I paid for it. Fifty dollars. No, I'm gonna Bob Barker this thing. Okay, R.I.P. or Bob Bob Barker. But uh, my man came as close to a dollar without going over. By the way, absolute did. legend. He did. Um, I want to say, okay, what about 125? Oh no, lower. Low. Was it higher than 50? Lower than 50. 25 dollars. Lower. 10. Up one. 11 dollars. I paid 11 dollars. How the fuck did you do that? So a buddy of mine, who I will leave unnamed out of respect, because I I haven't seen him in years, and I don't wanna I don't wanna. Say anything that might hurt his feelings, but he wanted a month of Xbox Live, and back in the day, it was eleven dollars a month. And I said, "Oh, I'll pay for it for you, but what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna give me in return?" He goes, "Why well, have this PSP that I don't have a charger for?" He goes, "I don't even know if it works." And I said, "It's eleven bucks." I'll, yeah, sure. So he gave me his PSP. So I went to Slackers back when it was on the Boulevard, and I bought the. It was a starter kit, and it had a charger. So I plugged that sucker in and let it charge for a few hours, and then I booted it up, and it worked. And I had a PSP with nothing wrong with it for $11, and I owned that thing for years. I don't remember why I sold it, but I had, I think I had one or two movies on it, like the physical movies that you could buy, because that was the cool thing with PSPs. You could yeah, watch. that weird uh, cartridge, not really cartridge. UMD. The, UM, yeah, that thing did not last very long. It was a disc inside a cartridge. It never made sense, but it was still fun. Yeah. But I remember I had a bunch of games for it. I loved that console. And I, strangely enough, never owned the God of War games on it, but I did play them. What was your first game on the PSP? Uh, Death Junior. Nice. And I bought the sequel because I really loved it. And that was a console-exclusive game. You could not play that on the PS3 or PS4 from what I remember. But I would love to play that game again because Mm -hmm. it was cheesy and cartoony graphic. And you were the son of death. You might be able to buy it. Like, I know Sony's trying this new thing where they're starting to bring back the old, like, the catalog they had. From the oh, network. the premium so, tiers? That yeah, something like that. I think they're trying to do something like that. My first game on the PS, uh, PSP was Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. I love that game. That is the Crisis best Core game. was so good. Yes. I have a gripe with Crisis Core when they remade it, by the way. I, I know. And I'll probably play it just because I like Zack. I think Zack was well, an underutilized. Zach, he's a great character. I think he's a great character. I did not like his voice actor. They changed from the original Crisis Core Ooh. to the new Crisis Core. That's like he the Spider-Man did, remaster. Yeah, he did okay, but there's probably reasons why they did that. But I, I loved his original voice actor, so it just fit him better as mm-hmm. a character. But, you know, we digress on that. So yeah. then you get the Vita. 
I love the Vita because it's a great RPG powerhouse, and I've got all the PS1 classics on it, mm-hmm. or at least all the RPGs that I want on it, obviously. Yeah. So I have that one. And then the Switch. Yeah. Well, I no, mean... no, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. The Wii U. Eh, in a way. The <laughs> that... Wii U, I would say, counts as a precursor to the newest, we'll say PSP, but it, it's it's a PlayStation portal. Yeah. Um, I never owned a Wii U. I had friends I who it. did. I, I have a buddy who owns every single Nintendo ever released, as far as I know, and he does have, in his collection, he owns every single Switch model that's been released. Everyone. Damn. All of them. Wow. Except for the Labo one that they did that was brown and matched the cardboard because that mm. was like a one-off exclusive thing. You could only mm. get them from a tournament or something. Nice. I'm like sure you could find it one day. Somebody will sell it. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't own that one, but he owns every single one. All the lights, all of the originals, all of the updates, all of the OLEDs, and it's like, dude, I mean, I'm impressed more than anything, and I want his coffee table for his game room because it's the Nintendo N-Cube. Wow. From 64. Damn, okay. I want it so bad. Nice. So you you had that, which the Wii U, which then laid the foundation for the Switch. Uh, yeah, I would say it was probably the first hybrid console. Not, well, okay. I mean, I guess you could count the Super Game Boy because you could plug that the Game Boy cartridge into that cartridge and then play Game Boy games on the SNES, mm-hmm. which was very cool. I found one the other day at I forget where Vintage Stock I think it was, and they only it was like thirty four bucks or thirty five bucks. And I was like, I should have bought that thing. <laughs> I should have bought it. I didn't even have the money, and I should have bought it just because like I want one. They're yeah. cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool. But. Yeah, I would say first hybrid console. Yeah, they're the first hybrid, and then then you get the the Nintendo when they announced it, or at least original the project name was Nintendo NX. Yes, yes. And then NX. then it launched as a as the Switch, which was a very weird gimmick there by thought, and then it blew up. Obviously, oh, I the mean, Switch is like one of, is a very it is the greatest selling console in its generation, and it's number. Two or three behind, like, because I think the greatest selling console of all time is the PlayStation Two. Correct. I'm pretty sure the Switch is number two. I could be wrong on that. So no, I think it's actually a a free. It's further down because the DS was was a higher console. So you've got the DS, obviously, and then Nintendo's up there too. Um, we'll have to look at those in in more closer detail. But like, so we're just doing a casual conversation. Beast, but yeah, but um. I think what helped the Switch a lot was the fact that you could play the older games, and that was a big deal when online came out. And because everybody, you know, our age, and even kids, I even have students nowadays. They're like, they play the OG Game Boy games, and they love them. And it makes me so happy that part of my childhood, part of our childhood, I would say, mm-hmm. gets to be relived through the Switch. Because I do have kids that pay for the online and play those old games. They're like, this is really good for its time. I was like, yeah, and they had far less that they could do with than they do now. Yeah, it's also, you know what's really fun about that is the fact that they they actually sent out completed fucking games. <laughs> they still do. No, they don't. Nintendo Every, has a better okay. track record than anybody. Nintendo though. does, correct. But if you get like PlayStation and Xbox and all them, Every game nowadays, and this is my one of my biggest gripes, is the fact that every one of them has a day one patch. I've accepted it. I have accepted the fact that everything now has a day one patch. However, don't like the chunking of it to like, okay, then we're going to have DLC that comes out, and we're going to do these things. I'm like, just, you remember back in the day when it was, here's your game. That's it. I <laughs> here's remember your game. 
I want to say the first DLC I remember, and it wasn't even really DLC because you had to physically buy it, was the multiplayer map pack for Halo 2. Yeah, that's fine. That had nothing to do with the story. That was all legit. Hey, we are going to have multiplayer. This is what we're doing with the multiplayer. Here's six maps with extra for that we've created. I was say, yeah, it wasn't too many for whatever. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that many. Yeah. But here's these things. Okay, and that worked out well. And then Call of Duty started doing it. And then you started having other games doing it. And then all of a sudden you get, okay, well, we're going to do these things with, with microtransactions. And then, you know, you can get these expansions. Yeah. And then now Nintendo started to do this wave shit. Though the booster um, pass yes. for Mario Kart. I will say the only thing I like about that, and I do wish Mario Kart 9 would come out, but if they save it for the sequel to the Switch, I'm okay with that. Not yeah. because I think Switch should have its own Mario Kart, but because it took Mario Kart 8, rescued it from the clutches of the Wii U, which while not a bad console, was doomed to fail because they just, it was too hard, I think, to develop for, I think was the initial issue with it. I could be wrong. But like, it didn't sell well. That was the biggest thing. It did not sell well. And so they did the Switch, and they brought some of the Wii U's best games over and made them better. I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the definitive version to play that game. Yeah. And I've played Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, and it plays beautifully. It plays better on the Switch. And yeah. the the Wave Pass thing, I do agree. I think it's kind of irritating. I have to wait this long to get them. And I understand their, their side of we want to extend the life of this game. What I like about it is it's not only reused tracks. They're yeah. putting new ones in, and they did one themed on Yoshi's Island, which is by far the best Mario Kart track I've ever played. <laughs> and I can say this because I've played every Mario Kart. I need every to, one of I them. I need to play that more. I know my buddy Scott, my old co-host, po- uh, podcast co-host, if we're getting anything wrong about Nintendo, he's going to let me know about it. And that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to have all the effects. Um, but, okay, so we talked about Nintendo, obviously, because they have the track record of handhelds. Because I, in my opinion, they're the king of handhelds. Oh, they, just they, are. they are. Now you have, you have the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. The Steam Deck came out, which I love, and because you've got the Steam games that you can play and on the go and stuff like that. Now you have the Allied Rog, you have um, the Legion, Leno or the Lenovo Legion Go is due to come out sometime in the in the which near you, future. You told me about it looks really interesting, but it's like eight hundred some dollars possibly. Probably more. they haven't released a price point that I know of, but I I imagine it's going to be around top tier Steam Deck and Rog Ally prices, so probably seven hundred eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Think a switch with the internals of a PC, and you kind of have nice. the idea. Which are nice. Yeah, I get and that. I know they're working on VR goggles for it, so uh, that you it projects a huge screen for you to play on oh, while you're playing, and I think that's cool. And I like Lenovo. I think they have a pretty decent track record. Mm-hmm. I have a Chromebook that is a so it's a tablet with a detachable keyboard that also is a Chromebook. And I know that Chromebooks don't have the best track record. I'm a teacher, so and we use Google a lot. So I bought it so I could help the kids understand how to use their Chromebooks. <laughs> I kind of like it for teaching purposes, if I'm being honest. And this being from a guy who has a phone that literally folds open into a tablet. It's not like you need the Chromebook. But it's helped me help them better. But anyway, so, you know, Lenovo has a good track record is what I'm saying yeah. from that. And I think it'll probably be around 800 bucks, which would come in amazingly well. And it's going to have the same specs for the most part as the ROG Ally. So my hope... Because it's supposed to run Windows 11, like the ROG does. My hope is that they will fix some of the issues that the ROG had, because a lot of big gripe was trackpads. People want yeah. a, a trackpad like the Steam Deck has. And I have seen a rendering of the the, the hand the console itself, and one of the controllers has a trackpad on it. So Which I think nice. that's going to help. Okay. So with all of those games that we talked about, every single one of those, or game consoles, the Switch, 
Game Boy, Steam Deck, all those things. What do those all have in common? Their portability in the sense that you can take them. I mean, yeah, you'll need a Wi-Fi connection probably uh, for the Steam Deck. No. I, would assume. I don't know. I've never no, owned one. You don't. But um, my the, don't. The, the fact that okay. you can take your games with you. Cool. It's a portable system. Yeah. Some of them have cartridges. Some of them download strictly to the system and things like that, right? Okay. Well, yeah. So what's the newest thing that just got announced that is causing people to really question? The PlayStation Portal. Not portable, the portal. Because it is, in effect, a portal into your PS5. Okay. So when this thing got announced, I got really excited for it. I mean, really excited. Because I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big handheld guy. I really like playing the handhelds and having that. So having the ability to play my PlayStation 5 or the games on PS5 on the go really excites me. Then we started seeing some of the stuff come out about it. So the, some of the stuff that came out was the you had to be connected to the Wi-Fi the entire time. Mm-hmm. And most people thought that it had to be on a Wi-Fi network that was in the same house as your PS5, mm-hmm. which was streaming it directly from the PS5 to the system. Yes. Which, which so is stupid. It is. Thankfully, that's not what they're doing, and I'm very happy about it. So Honestly, far. I would consider getting one if the route they're talking about is the way they go. Because it's due for at least later this year, I believe. Yes, that's what I heard. But in effect, as long as it is connected to a Wi-Fi and your PS5 is connected to a Wi-Fi, which it pretty much has to be anyways. Correct. It can stream your PS5. It acts as it as a portal, like I said. It boots your PS5 up in your house from wherever you are. So if you don't have it well ventilated, do that. Yeah, you, you want to make sure it's well ventilated, for the love of God, because those suckers get hot. Yeah, they do. Um, but you... So anyways, it boots up your PS5, and it is a direct link to your PS5. It is directly connected, kind of like how you have the Remote Play app. It basically is that on steroids. Mm-hmm. It is directly linked. So it. what's nice about it, though, and yes, for those of you that have seen the, the images of it, it literally is a PS5 controller cut in half with a screen in the middle. But it's an 8-inch screen, which is bigger than most portables have. Yes. So I do like that. But I think it can do that because it doesn't have to have as much of an internal hardware drainage to it. Because it's not running the games itself. It's streaming them. And streaming takes a lot less power than running the games on uh, all on the handheld. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to have some impressive technical capabilities, but it's probably not running, you know, uh, the Z1 Extreme like the ROG Allies run. It's probably not running that at all because it doesn't need to necessarily. Correct. So a lot of people were saying... You know, they wanted to have that portability, be able to go take it in the go, which you can. You can take this thing on the go on different Wi-Fi. And, and based on the PlayStation's website, um, you know, this is directly from the website. And when one of the questions was asked was, can the PlayStation Portable, rem- or I always call it portable. It's because it's so, what we're so used to saying. Yeah. Okay. PlayStation Portal remote player only be on played on my home Wi-Fi network. The answer to that was, while your home Wi-Fi network represents a great option to use your PlayStation Portal remote player because you have control over the quality of your own home Wi-Fi, it is not required. PlayStation Portal remote player can also be played anywhere you have access to broadband internet Wi-Fi with at least 5 megabytes for use. For a better experience, a high-speed connection of at least 15 is recommended. 
If you're using public Wi-Fi, be aware that the quality of the internet connection may be out of your control and could impact the quality of your play experience. So again, you don't have to be on your home network, which a lot of people were pissed off about. Yeah. Because we thought, well, that's just dumb. Why would I need to do that? I can just buy a um, backbone and use that, which I've yeah. got one, and they're pretty nice. I just stream it from upstairs when I'm on in my house and my place is downstairs. But, I mean, I kind of miss the ability to have cartridges or buying it directly and have it downloaded strictly to the system. I mean, that that would be something that I would like to do, but... I think it's an interesting midway point between, like, the Switch, the ROG Ally, and all those, and mm-hmm. having a home console, I think. Is it goofy-looking? Yeah, it's definitely goofy-looking. It's a screen with a DualSense on each side of it, essentially. But the but DualSense like... controllers are very nice. They feel really nice. Yeah, I, they do. I've also never had to have a controller that I have to do updates for, which is very weird to me, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I do love the controller. Yeah. And the grip on the back of it, if you ever zoom in and look at it, it's the PlayStation symbols, yeah. which I think is the coolest thing ever. You ever held the uh, PlayStation, the Dual DualSense Edge controllers, those pro ones? No, but I want one. They're pretty nice. I want one. I got one. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they do uh, at 60, FSP, or 60 frames per second, capable at 1080p resolution. Beautiful 8-inch LCD, so it's not OLED. So that's the difference. Well. Which is fine. It don't really matter. I don't think that'll be a bad thing. I think LCDs are a little more sturdier, I would say, than an Mm -hmm. OLED. I could be wrong. I mean, I have a Switch OLED, and it's pretty sturdy, but it's not like I drop it on its face. You don't smash it across the, you know, when you get upset? No, but I did have a kid almost break a Joy-Con once. That was kind of interesting. Did you hit him? No, it wasn't my Joy-Con, and I'm not going to hit my <laughs> students. <laughs> he just—he had a little bit of gamer rage, and we talked to him about it, and he calmed down, and it was his Joy-Con, so if he broke it, it was on him. But you set an example. Every day, every year you go in, new kid, pick him out, and hit him. No. Set the example. No, I'm just kidding. No. I don't no. condone that, actually. I thought that was kind of funny. That's <laughs> um, what it was back in the day, guys. Uh, so the price point for the, the portal was kind of shocking, and I do... Shocking in a good way. So $200 is not bad. No, no. $200 is actually phenomenal for that thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yes, it's just a streaming thing, a, a remote player, basically. But, like, 200 bucks for something that'll, you, that'll let you stream your PS5 wherever you are in the world, as long as you have mm-hmm. a good Wi-Fi connection? Yeah. I wonder if you can do a hotspot off your phone. I was thinking about that. You probably can, because the hotspots on phones, while they're not a lot, they're not bad. I mean, my grandmother uses them to stream Netflix just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a free it's free to do on your phones if off your signal. Yeah, as long as you have as long as you pay for the hotspot, which yeah. I do. So. Yeah, I, I pay for it, and I totally forget that I have it half the time now. Oh yeah, me too. So because I never lose service, really. Yeah, so I have used it though. What's really interesting, the fact is, there is one company that does not have a portable system at all. To my knowledge, not even in the works. They've never had one. Of They've it's never had it. Even thinking of never had Microsoft. Exactly, which is weird. Well, they had the Windows phone. Does that count? No. Okay. That didn't last very long. So, no, it didn't. But, but the idea, though, I mean, Sony at one point had that phone, the Experian or whatever, that had the, the PlayStation. Xperia Play, yeah, yeah, yeah. You slid it up, and it had a PlayStation controller buttons. I yeah, thought that it, was kind of neat. Yeah, you could use that, I think, for PlayStation. I believe you could have games. Yeah, that was the point of it. Yeah. It was it was a remote player, essentially. But Microsoft has not done anything with it, so I'm, I'm really... I'm not... Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of confused on why they haven't done it. I mean, I get... You know, they probably like, well, we're going to do these things. We're going to strictly deal with uh, streaming and, and whatnot. Honestly, if, if Xbox was smart, they would do that. 
and try to set themselves apart with having both systems. Didn't Phil Spencer say that the console wars were effectively over and that Sony won? He did. Yeah, I think he did say that. But I think I I don't have any gripes with the Xbox because I, I switched from the PS2 to the 360 only because I couldn't afford a PS3 because they were like six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars. Which is ridiculous. No console since then has ever released at that price point. Nope, they've never done that ever again. That was because PlayStation screwed up. Um, then they released it in cheaper and cheaper, and that's why the 360 won. Obviously, the 360 had better uh, exclusives. I mean, Halo and all them. Oh, I love my 360. And mm-hmm. I had a PlayStation 3 for a while. I had the OG, like where it had the silver PlayStation 3 and the Spider-Man font. Oh. Uh, yeah. And nice. I loved it. I loved my PS3. I thought it was a great console, but like, I couldn't. I didn't play it as much as I played my 360, mm-hmm. even though PS3 was the era when Sony let you play online for free. Yeah, but it was down for six months. That's true. It was down a lot. And they gave yeah. you free shit. I did play a lot of Resistance on that thing, though. Yeah. Resistance 2, man. That was my jam. I need to play those games because they They're were... so good. That's a weird, interesting concept. Oh, they were so good, dude. Yeah. But, uh, anywho, yeah, Xbox has never... Oh, well, I mean, I guess in a sense when you think about it, because they have Game Pass and you can play your games on your phone. But that's that's one thing that they're doing. They're going towards that. Uh, but having that freedom to do that. But why not have a designated console? Like be able to say, like, you know what? Sony's doing this thing where they're doing. You have to stream it. Screw that. Fully integratable. You know actually the, download it straight, strictly to the console. And have they should just do their own version of the ROG. I mean, they should. I mean, they did the, the, the ROG- hard drive. Snap in and out of the hard drive with the 360. Have that same concept with this handheld. Swap the hard drive on it easily. Yeah, the issue with that was when they updated the PS or the 360, the hard drives changed. You didn't have a Snap-on one; you had to have an internal one. It yeah. was different. But I like that. I like the idea of being able to go grab a hard drive mm-hmm. strictly for that. But so that's, I mean, that's really the the thing that we'd want to talk about was the portable and or portal. I'm going to call it portable the entire freaking time. It happens. It's okay. I I don't think I can grasp grasp my mind around the fact that it's called a portal. But I get the idea, the marketing behind yeah, it. Yeah, the name makes complete sense. It does, but I don't like it. I, I think like it. the portal is going to... I don't know how well it will sell. I think initially it's going to have a slow start because it's going to be one of those things that people are going to question. Do I need this? And I think those people that think from the get-go, I need this, are going to love it. And it's going to do well. And then that's going to bring in some people. It's going to be one of those late bloomers, I'm going to call it. like It's going to take a few a while for people to adopt it. But they're going to like the idea of, I can play my PlayStation 5 on the go. Because yeah. remote play, from what I've heard, is not that great. No, it's not. I mean, it's okay as long as you have a good signal and everything. But the Switch also did not take off like when it first came out. No. And I've had one since they first came out. Yeah. And I love the Switch. And It's because they've been broadening their... Oh, their... COVID helped them a lot. Oh, well, that too, yeah. Animal Crossing, bro. Animal Crossing. That's yeah. all I got to say. You all know what I'm talking about, all of you listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, interesting idea with the portal. We'll have to see what happens, Which how this influences other gaming consoles when it comes to handheld. Because there's plenty of rumors out there about the new Switch console. Uh, the Super Switch. The Super Switch. That's its yeah. official name. I don't care what anybody says. We're just going to call it that. There's, you know, that is better supposed be to be coming. Yes. I want gray and purple. <laughs> so that should be coming within the next year or so. I think they're going to announce it probably the, either 
the end of next year or like midway through next year. I do think it's going to be announced next year, though. Yes, it has to be because it's getting close to the end of the life cycle. The switch is on years. So it came out in 2017. It is 2023. So what is that? Six years going to be seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to have to. But I mean, I you can't even argue with the impressiveness of the switch to have lasted this long in a generation. The PS4 lasted about the same amount of time. And but for Nintendo to do something so radically different, which when you think about it, it's kind of just re going back to their roots. But like people are like, oh, it's just not as graphically impressive. And it's like they're sticking a game that's HD on a cartridge that's as big as my thumbnail. Yeah. Are you kidding me? There's literally a choking hazard on the cases for kids for a reason. Like, you're telling me that because it's not so high def that your eyeball can't even process it correctly, which I learned the other day that the human eye, like I think 4K or 8K, one of the two of them is like more graphically intensive than our eyes can even process or something like that. But it's like, okay, I'm, it's cool we can do it, but like... What's the need for it? Yeah, so. our eyeballs can't even, you know, yeah. process it. Plus, um, I got to play L.A. Noir on a Switch, so all the haters can shush. Yeah, I mean... It's and a, it actually looked good. Yeah, it's... I mean, Xenoblade looks phenomenal. Xenoblade can't, Chronicles games. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a lot of good stuff on, on the Oh, the Bayonetta. The Bayonetta series Bayonetta, is on and there. And those, because those didn't start on the Switch. You know, if ever 360? Uh, or ooh. PlayStation. I know they PS- weren't on a Switch. It was PS4, I want to say, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I want to say it was. And then Nintendo got the rights because they did both sequels and they just mm-hmm. did a prequel, but like, still graphically intensive games that look good. And then you have. Um, like the remasters for like Metroid. Metroid Dread was beautiful, yeah. by the way. And then Metroid Prime looks great. So like, yeah, you, know. you have a lot of like different games. And Nintendo opened the door uh, for other developers to come in and make games for them. Obviously, the more, more mature games. You've got a lot more mature games on the Nintendo than they used to be. Resident Evil series. Doom. Doom's on there. Uh, Did you know the Resident Evil 4 debuted on the GameCube first? Yes, I do remember that. That blew my mind when that happened. Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> one. And it's one of the best ones, apparently. So You ever played Resident Evil 4? Yeah. I was going to say, it is one of the best ones. Yeah. Leon S. Kennedy's my homeboy. But Resident Evil 2 Remake is pretty damn good. I have seen gameplay and have watched it, and it is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I can play that on my Steam Deck. You could also play it on the PlayStation Portal. No, you can. See, there you go. Well, with that, guys, we're going to end it there with our discussion on uh, the PlayStation Portal. Because I have to say it right, everybody. I did. Did I gotta say it really fast there? <laughs> so we're gonna cap it there, guys. We want to thank you for taking time with us and uh, talking about the portal. If you have any questions or comments about the portal and what you think it's gonna do and how well, or if you're gonna get it, let us know. Uh, you could reach us at our Twitter. That would be at Two Guys Beard. Where can they find you at? You can find me on uh, good old threads and Instagram as Waka Flocka with two Ks, so F-L-O-K-K-A, because um, obviously the original one was taken by you-know-who. Yeah. <laughs> Much respect. Um, you can find me on Facebook under as Cody Walker. You can find me on Twitter as uh, Flocka Waka. That time spelled correctly, but it's W-A-L-K-A. For those of you wondering, because my last name is Walker Walker. Mm. So that's where that comes from. Um, I'll tell that story sometime, how that nickname came about. But anyways, um, yeah, and then you can find us on X. It's not Twitter anymore. Yeah, I always call it Twitter. I don't think I do that. So like I said, that's a two two guys in a, and beard. 
find me at hailblue1569 on Twitter slash X. Um, anytime you guys have any questions, definitely reach out to the show at our Gmail, two guys and a beard, spelled with the number two. Uh, we also have a Patreon that you guys can support the show if you'd like in our show notes. And uh, please like and review us on any of your podcasting or where you get your podcasting. Exactly. It'll it help us actually with the algorithms and get our show out there. Um, Till next time, time, guys. Have a good one. Thank you.